0: Do not be alarmed. This is only a test. Okay. The, the, the nuclear missiles have not launched. Good. This Good. is only a test, I promise. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time Podcast, the only Survivor podcast that will not take you're lying to me for an answer. Stephen, you're lying to me? What I No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host Jared Sheldon. Jared, how are you doing? Good. We said we probably wouldn't get a second episode in. Yeah, then what happened, Jared? I was going to ask you what happened. Mm, This is your pain. That's true. Yeah, we were going to sit down. I had planned out some time to watch the Minnesota Vikings play, and we're currently recording as the game is going on, so you can tell how that's going. However, it's not as bad as it was. We stopped at halftime when it was... (laughs) 33 to 0? Yeah. My intention for the day was, oh, sure, I'll hang out for a little bit. Well, I'll watch the Vikings get up, like, you know, 14 to 3 or something ridiculous. And then uh-huh. I'm a Lions fan, so I, I and a fan, I play a lot of fantasy football, so I have a vested interest in the game, but I'll probably, like, go to the grocery store or something. But it just kept cascading failure- throughout the whole first half and I just couldn't stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> everything was bad every t- we kept saying it surely it can't get much worse than this and then it did which something you should never say yeah admittedly yeah and again I I've, I've currently pulled up the score and they just scored again so yay <laughs> so yay so now we're not losing by as much we're, we're down by 16 with I mean the fourth quarter that's doable. That's very doable. So we'll see what happens, I guess. (laughs) Will Matt Ryan choke for a second time in his career? God, I hope so. I hope not, but I hope it gets real close. Because see, here's the thing, Stephen. You were numb to this game. You had already accepted it was a loss. Sure. So if they come back within an inch of winning only to lose, I get to watch your heart break again. Jared, why? (laughs) Because we're division rivals. Jared, Why? New and interesting ways to let me down. Yeah. That is my Minnesota Vikings motto. I'm just glad to be on like... the other side of it for once as a Lions fan. <laughs> mm. Speaking of mottos, if you want to send us anything to talk about on the podcast, you can email us at SurvivorTBT at gmail.com or on Twitter at SurvivorTBT or on Reddit, you slash SurvivorTBT, which people have taken advantage of all of those situations. So feel free to do that. Uh there's a lot to talk about in this episode. There is. Shall we shall we get into it or do you have any more advice for us? Don't um, don't bet on the Vikings. Yeah, don't do not bet on the Vikings. Yeah. Just don't do it. Bumper. <laughs> okay, so this episode came out on December 6th. There was a recap episode between the last episode and this episode. So this will be two weeks of history. No, we didn't watch the recap episode. No, we probably won't. I will probably put it on in the background like at work or something over the next week. If there's anything to mention, we'll mention it in a future episode. But as of right now, we haven't seen it. So a few things happened in this two-week break. One of which is the 53rd NASCAR Sprint Cup. Jeff Gordon wins. I don't know if that's important. Jeff Gordon is the name I recognize from early 2000s, NASCAR, and I know this is, like, right after the death of Dale Earnhardt, so I don't know. That could be significant. Sure. The Convention on Cybercrime was signed in Budapest. Okay. That That's cool, I guess. The nerd part of me likes that a hydrogen atmosphere is discovered on the extrasolar planet Osiris by the Hubble Space Telescope, and it's the first atmosphere detected on an extrasolar planet, oh. which I believe means a planet not within... Be- beyond our solar system. It either means that or not a planet that is not rotating a sun. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's a thing. I also don't know if that's a thing. Would life be... Well, I guess that's that's the point. I don't know. Just it's the a... atmosphere. but yeah. It just reminds me of how little we know about space and how cool and absolutely terrifying that is. The final frontier. The final frontier. <laughs> Until we find a new one. <laughs> UN Security Council. Super space. Super space. No time. Then time would be the oh, final frontier. Oh shit! You're right. Yep. Damn. Or maybe like transcendence or something. I don't know. I dimensions. I have fully accepted that I that I nor no one else can fully grasp the state of the world and the universe. I agree. And to just go along for the cosmic ride. So like. Could we discover the way to, like, transcend dimensions in thousands of years? I don't know. Maybe. Every time we get told something's impossible, we end up doing it, like, flying. So, eh, who's to say? That's fair. If we could figure out the uh, g- green energy, though, that would be real nice. There was a fusion breakthrough this week. I did see that. and It's a long way to go, but yeah. it's the br- it's a breakthrough. It's a breakthrough. We have made... We have put in less energy than came out, which is great. Mm-hmm. Sustaining that is the problem. Right, but it was it was only theoretical that that, that first step that we just completed could yeah. be done. So now it's theoretical that we can sustain it, but who knows? Who knows? Also, the UN Security Council unanimously approves a resolution extending the oil for food program in Iraq for another six-month period. I don't know what that means Uh, okay hold on we haven't invaded iraq yet sure but this feels like trade war we're like you give us oil we give you food it's exactly what that sounds like it probably has something to do with like embargoing like not giving money to the regime but like we'll give you food (laughs) i don't know this that whole powder keg in the middle east in this time is horrifying and fascinating to me Enron files for chapter 11 bankruptcy. So the collapse of Enron. Remind, what is Enron? Not to put you on the spot for this, but no, no, no. I should know better. Uh, it was a massive massive uh, I believe oil company. Okay. Or they I don't remember what they like were in, but regardless they failed hard. And they are the reason for a lot of like watchdog programs and um, they, they are the FTX of 2001. Kind of, yeah. They're the f. They are to the financial industry what FTX is to the crypto industry. Sure, which isn't an industry. Shouldn't be an industry. It's not an industry. (laughs) And then uh, Ocean's Eleven came out. Oh, and they renamed the Canadian province of Newfoundland to Newfoundland and Labrador. What? Oh, yeah. The province of Newfoundland is. It's usually shortened to Newfoundland, but it's Newfoundland Newfoundland and Labrador. Are you, are you fucking with me? No. I that's... have never heard that in my oh, entire really? life. What? Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's like there's a province part of it, like an island that is Labrador, and it was underrepresented or something. Okay. But, yeah. All right. So, uh, to our Canadian listeners out there, how how do I not know about this? I'm so sorry. Not that it's been brought up in conversation before, but still- I feel like I've just lived a lie my entire life. Well, okay, but that's also, like, that's not a very heavily populated province, so that's like a Canadian not knowing a lot about Idaho. It's like, yeah, neither do we. There is an entire musical about it, though. About Idaho? No, about Newfoundland Wait, and there... Labrador. What musical? Come From Away. Oh, I've never seen it, but I know it's really good. You've never seen Come From Away? Mm-hmm. Mm, good stuff. I mean, it's, again, relevant to the time, it's... 9-11 propaganda, but yeah. done in a way that it's not about 9-11. It's about the people. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Top movie was still, and will probably stay for a while, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, even two weeks later. Uh, Behind Enemy Lines, though, came out, and it's creeping up in that second spot. Spy Game, Monsters, Inc., and then a movie called Black Knight that I didn't bother to look up because it's pretty... It's barely beating out Shallow Hal, so I have no interest <laughs> in what it Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Well then, let's get into the episode. Because we got a lot of talk about this episode. Episode 9, Smoking Out the Snake. The Snakey Snake. Which, when we got to the vote, I was pretty sure which way it was going to go because of the episode title. Okay, fair. Yeah, This is one that the episode title didn't do it. Do us any favors. I mean, it could have gone the other way and still kept the episode title, but they haven't really done that. No. So I was like, oh, you have the times. the Episode titles are really prescient. Um, they they tell us a lot about it. Yeah, and I think that's partially the the DVD collections fault. Yeah, because that I mean, you didn't have to put names on them until the DVD collection happened. Yeah. So someone somewhere was just tasked with Maybe. I mean we've talked about it before, but like TV guides still existed. That's so I want So they'd have to put an episode title. But it's not like they were putting out reruns of Survivor. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. They were only playing it live. Yeah. So we start this episode where we left off last episode. Lex is losing his goddamn <laughs> mind. Lex is furious about having not one, but two votes. In the last Tribal Council. He expected one, although he's really weirdly bitter about that one. Yeah. Like, why? Clarence is going to vote for somebody. Yeah. Why would it not be you? He's got to put a vote, and you told him you were going to b- get rid of him, so yeah. I would have done the same. Clarence is very respectful about it, and Lex is really weird about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's to the point where he's just so infatuated with figuring out who voted for him. Who put that second vote? I will not live with a snake. I'm gonna find them and slit their throats is Uh, almost an exact quote. It is, because I have that written down. What is going on? He's unraveling. Yeah, at the... Like, yeah, it's two votes, though. This is borderline Macbethian. Like, he is on the throne. Mm -hmm. He is in the winner's chair. Yeah. All he has to do is not be an asshole for a couple weeks, and he can keep that power position. Not saying it would propel him to the to the victory, but, like, your pa- you have power because everyone gives you power. Yeah. But well, where's the fun in that, Jared? <laughs> How I would rather blow up my game, make everyone an enemy, and then me figure out what happened. His ego's really gotten out of check. <laughs> I mean, he talks about, like, like the vote order, like the vote order off, and Kelly talks about how like Lex is giving everyone marching orders, and that one it seems like everyone's bought into it. Mm-hmm. But it's just very—it's very bizarre that they've all bought into it too. Yeah. So then we get the the reaction of what's going on by everybody else. Kelly, he's being a jerk about this, and I'm, I'm not—I'm not too on board with that. And Brandon's like, yeah. He's, uh, he's having a meltdown. It kind of makes me wish that I was the one that put the vote on him. I know. I lo- Brandon, we're going to talk about Brandon later, but he's such wasted potential. He's always on the cusp of something really cool and interesting and just falls short. Are you saying he wasn't on the cusp of something interesting this episode? He was on the cusp of it. <laughs> and Teresa, the actual culprit... Of that second vote sees this going on as like, yeah, I wanted to come clean, and then I saw him react, and now I'm just not gonna. Like it's far, it's way in my interest to just not. No, why would you tell him? No, especially you're in the minority, and the person that's the powerhouse in the majority is blowing up their own game because of something that you did that does not affect them at all. Especially at the point when he comes up to you says, I, I just, I'm. I don't know what to do. Like, I have to figure out who this is. And, like, no offense, because I have zero suspicion that it was you. And she's like, yeah. And she has a great poker face. She's doing really well at that. I gotta hand it to her. And he's he's so sure. He's like, I trust my gut, and my gut says it's not you. <laughs> Even though it should be so... I can understand why he thinks it's Kelly, but it should be so obvious that it's her. It Like, you, her and... Clarence were talking, they don't know what was said, yeah. but were talking for a while when they were up there as the final two. You, why would you like Teresa? I can understand why Kelly's number one. Yep. How is Teresa not number two on your suspicions list? I think Yeah, I don't know. I think I just, his ego gets in the way here. Yes, and I think he underestimates her. Yeah. I think he underestimates Teresa, and I think he sees everyone except for Kelly. And maybe, like, you know, Young Kim, uh, because that's not part of his alliance, Mm -hmm. as they're not there. Yeah. Like, they're extras. Like, his alliance is the star cast, and those are the extras, and so they're going to do what they have to do according to the script. Sure. And forgets that, no, 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 they have say in this game, too. They absolutely do, and we will talk about that in a bit. Yeah, we will. So, then we get our reward challenge node. And... I was very confused at this at first cuz they're they're gifted a a kalimba which is a musical instrument where you like it's essentially a lever. Mm-hmm. One side is pinned down and then depending on the tension it plays a note. And at first I was like what does that have anything to do with what they're about to do? And then you had a very good note about the the seesaw. Yeah, and also with a kalimba the harder you pull down like the different note like the it can, it can change the pitch of the note. Like, I think, how, how hard you, like... Or how hard you release it, right? It's not supposed to. It's supposed yeah, to... I a bad like, limbo. <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be the same note across the board. Like, you can change the tone of it by how hard you're, mm. you're pushing on it. But theoretically, the note shouldn't change, because the, the hertz at which it's vibrating is the same. See, I also... You're the musical one. Uh-huh. I have no talent for music whatsoever. <laughs> I am borderline tone deaf. So... That makes sense. Why I'd be like, not nah, change. It's like no, it changes like volume, and for me, that's the same thing as pitch. Apparently. Anyway, we get into the challenge, and it's it's a seesaw challenge. You you show up with what looks like almost a water tower, just kind of like standing up there. It's a big open bucket on a on a pedestal, mm-hmm. and they have to use a a seesaw to flip objects up into the bucket. I think it was like eight objects yeah six or eight six or, or eight. something like that it doesn't really matter no. but they're like everyday objects and then what was interesting is that the objects looks like they weighed different things yes they did so they did have to you could adjust your seesaw mm-hmm. you didn't have to always put it at the same length and people had different tactics people tried a bunch of different things some more successful than others i wrote down kelly uh, was awful kelly was awful kelly was Terrible, And she kept saying, like, my seesaw's broken. It's like, no, my sister in Christ, you can adjust it. Yes. Oh, sorry. Before I get into the challenge, how dare I? Charles is back. And Isaac. Our good friend Charles and his brother Isaac. I literally said out loud, that's not, no, it's not. Because he's like, this is, he's, Jeff says, like, welcome, Charles and Isaac. And I think it was, yeah, I said, no, they're not. Like, (laughs) no, they're not. No, that's not their name. Why are you doing this? (laughs) And the reward for this challenge, if you win, you are given two goats, and they pause for a hot second, and the the world goes, I'm sorry? <laughs> you're just giving goats now? These, this is a responsibility, not a reward. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. You are going to be taken to a village, and you're going to use these goats to barter with the local village. My... Sphincter was so clenched <laughs> at the idea of this that you could have stuck coal up there and made diamond. Like I was like, what in the f- fucking blind side are we going to do here? Like what is this going to be? On- we'll get to what it is. Yeah. But, but in the challenge I was very concerned. Yeah. I honestly I don't have much for this challenge. You watch it and Yeah. Uh, you're right. Kelly is bad. Young Kim is also terrible. Yeah. The, the people who are in this challenge, Lex, Ethan, and... Tom was pretty good. Tom was pretty good. Frank was kind of in it, too. Yeah. I, this, so I had a couple small things on this challenge. Okay. One, this is the closest to modern Survivor Jeff commentary that we get. Ooh, yeah. Jeff is constantly keeping everyone, like, up to date on what's going on because they can't see each other and they don't know where they're at in the horse race. He wasn't in their face. And he wasn't yeah he wasn't whispering it seductively into their ear sweet nothings and two this challenge is another wasted potential. I like the structure of the challenge mm-hmm. I think they needed to all go they need less items and to all go at the same time so it's like a three two one go Oh, so I see we, what you're we can instead of it being this chaotic like jump cut from like people just kind of flinging stuff everywhere, we could actually see people improve their shots and maybe make like two items or three items. I see what items. you're saying. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it would be interesting that way. I honestly, I don't know which one would be better. I would want to see it both. Give <laughs> me the test interns. <laughs> yeah. So bring th- in the dancing interns. Bring in the dancing interns. So Ethan wins this one. And <laughs> he said, Jeff says, hey, here are your goats. I'm going to take good care of them till tomorrow. Because tomorrow we're going to pick you up and we're going to bring you over to to the village. So, in the morning, they're, they're gathering up their things. They're Everyone's kind of giving them hats and giving them sunglasses, things that he can trade along with the goats. Yeah, which, very smart. Very smart. And Jeff shows up, and again, it's very weird to see Jeff in camp. Mm. It's always, it, it just throws you off just a little bit. See, since I don't have the same survivor history that you do, it's not weird for okay, me. Okay, for me, it's very strange. Jeff showing up into camp right now feels right. Yeah. For me, it always spells certain doom. Mm. Mm-hmm. Either someone has died, or there's a hurricane coming, and we need to move you because <laughs> someone will die. Sure. <laughs> so we get everything ready. We we get the goat, the goats are already up in the truck. We have our buddy from the first episode who is yelling at them to get down off the truck. Yeah. Down, 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 down. He's he's got his sad card. Yeah. <laughs> That's two episodes That's now. Two episodes. Good for him. And they get Ethan all loaded up. They get they get him in the goats. And then Jeff pulls a fast one. He's like, oh, by the way, you got two goats there. It might be too difficult for you to wrangle both. You can take one more person. He's so awkward about it. I know. Like, everyone, come on out to say goodbye to Ethan. Yeah. I don't really like the way that... Uh, that's not looking right with the two goats and you, just you it. <laughs> it's so weird. You don't have to make it weird. <laughs> yeah. And then Ethan does... The most political thing in Survivor. Lex was second, so Lex gets to go. Honestly, smart. I'm I'm all for it. Especially because we don't have... We haven't really seen too many people, if any people at all, Mm -hmm. use taking another person to their benefit Mm in-game. Like, I'm thinking back to, like, Jerry taking Amber. Like, that wasn't... She took Amber because Amber's her friend. Amber's my buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not really a precedent yet of, like, oh, we can use this to strategize and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know and so he picks lex who is in second and frank from the background says why don't you trade lex see what you can get for him (laughs) frank's kind of funny sometimes frank is funny sometimes (laughs) and then so they take this trip in an absolute up and down like they're hitting every bump on the way they're trying to keep the goats steady and not falling over hey question jeff yeah you brought the goats to the camp. Uh-huh. Why couldn't you just bring the goats to the village? No, 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 no. And no. have them meet them at the village? No, 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 no. Jared. What value did putting the goats in the truck give you? Jared, we need the full experience here. You have to take care of that goat from, from the get-go. Come on! <sighs> <sighs> just wild. So they get to the, to the tribe of Wamba? Yeah, I think that's right. Wanba is yeah, that's what I wrote down. We get to the tribe of Wanba, and w- uh, w- what are your thoughts at this point? Again, I was I was very nervous, but it 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 reeks of white saviorism here. See, I was going to go in the in. It could have been so much worse oh, because okay. this isn't actually. Yeah, you have a good point. I'm going to scratch the white saviorism comment, right? Because I it, should say colonialism. Uh, yeah, I was worried about it being a white saviorism. In the, in the intro to this episode. I mm-hmm. thought they would be like, oh, cool, look, we brought you things and we're giving them to you and, oh, it makes my heart feel good. And no. What we get is a... They are, they are outsiders. Like, the show is not framing it as like, oh, look at these heroes coming into this impoverished African village. It's like, look at these two Americans that don't know what the fuck they're doing and are getting ripped off a little bit. Yeah. And... I really liked it. Actually, mm. like, look at these like, stupid fish out of water. Good, yeah, good luck. Yeah, it's. It, I, I not even describe it as like it didn't even give me like colonialism vibes, which I expected. And mm-hmm. you know, if it did, I'd be shouting about it. Oh, absolutely. But I, I thought it was handled pretty well. Like we kind of saw the people as I assumed that they live. Like it didn't try. We didn't. It could have also leaned into the show. Could have leaned into like oh, look at, like, look at the poverty, or, like, oh, look at them in their, like, tribal regalia. But, like, no, they're wearing regular clothes. Some yeah. of them are wearing, are wearing like, more, like, in the, that are just going about their lives in the town. Are there? We see a variety of different types of people and clothing and interactions. And if we get these types of, like, quote-unquote outreach challenges or outreach rewards in the future, like, this is the kind of stuff that I want. This is the model. They're, yeah. Not, not going out and... Trying to help people, going out and being part of the culture. Is, exactly. Is great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like helping people. Yes. But I don't... When you're doing it, the white savior trope is you're you're helping because you're getting recognition for yes. it. And I liked more them getting dropped in the village and being like, all right, you have two goats. Mm-hmm. Get what you can get. I, I truly hope that Survivor gives, like, money, gives supplies to the people of the area for Mm -hmm. letting us use their... uh, really using their natural resources for hanging out. Yeah. I mean, they at least had to buy the goats off those two guys. (laughs) True, you got a good point. Charles and Isaac. Yeah, Charles and Isaac's goats. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the goats... (laughs) Yeah, it it takes them so long to get the goats off of the truck that they draw a crowd. Well, they're also two white people, which I would not have assumed that Ethan was white. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's also interesting that as time goes on, the definition of what white is changes. Like if you go back to the early 1900s, Irish and Italian immigrants weren't considered white Mm -hmm. and they did not consider themselves white. And now we see it as like, oh, that's a white guy. Yeah. Especially the Irish. (laughs) I mean, there, there are so many rules about defining what a white person was. I mean, the one that comes to mind is the one drop rule. Where if you have any non-white blood, you are not a white person. Yeah, that's 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 some that's some Ku Klux Klan shit. Yeah, that's some uh, Jim Crow bullshit, right <laughs> yes. there. Yes, but Ethan he says in this segment something like that, like, "Oh, they're they're laughing at these white people walking around town with goats." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I. I would not have assumed from Ethan that he was that he was white or that he considered himself white. I don't know where I was going with that. Oh yeah, just laughing at the two the two yeah. white Americans like trying to get the goats off. They were gonna attract a crowd no matter what they did. <laughs> there's a there's you have to remember, we're just seeing Ethan and Lex, but there's also camera crews. Yep. There's a whole there's a whole second truck and a helicopter because they are shooting the truck from the air. You're right. There's no way in hell they weren't gonna get a crowd when they were trying to get these goats out of the truck and walking around this village. It's a lot. There are it's, it's a whole site and <laughs> you get to the point where you're like this is a reward right it, it <laughs> almost feels like a punishment that's yeah lex says that yeah <laughs> so then they're going around they're trying to trade it and they're like hey can we get 1500 for for one of the goats and everyone's turning them down possibly ripping them off these is in shillings I don't know what the exchange rate is I can't imagine it, well I can guess because mm-hmm. we got we ended up selling the two goats for 1800 mm-hmm and we bought the fries, and I think he said the we had like the fries were a thousand. The fries were a thousand for, for both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said something along the lines of like we only have like five bucks left or something like that. So it seems pretty close, like almost a, a thousand to or a hundred to one exchange rate. Okay, Oops. round with rounding. That's valid. Yeah. I like that math. So everyone's turning them down, like fifteen. If if by our math. Fifteen dollars for a goat. It's it's pretty not bad. It's uh, yeah no that's that's uh, that's some cheap goats. Yeah. So eventually they end up selling for what was it sixteen hundred for the two of them together? Either sixteen or eighteen. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was sixteen, and they're like, "Hey, we did something. Like, oh, it was great. We sold those goats. We hung and out with the goats for a couple hours. Now and... they can go off and live their their goaty dreams. And then they watch as they take the goat straight to the butcher." <laughs> The building right next door is the butcher. Yep. Also, like, did you guys not think about going to the butcher? Oh, that's valid. Because those guys who just sold it at the butcher definitely sold it for more than you bought it for, or than you sold it for. Yeah, unless they're trying. Eh. Mean, you have to pay a fee to the butcher to chop up your. Oh, well, unless that's you're true. just selling it straight and like, hey, it's your meat. Do what you want with it. That's true. This is such a cool reward. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I expected to hate this. Sure, but to feel good. I've, yeah and like the, the the trading of like the hats and the sunglasses and all that was was really cool and it seems like that's, you know bartering's kind of like the net, the universal language yeah yeah that's fair so then just to wrap up this reward they get lunch which is just fries they they're offered three things it was meat a nondescript meat which I wouldn't blame them for saying, you know what, let's pass up on it. No, I I understand that. Although they did insinuate that they thought it would be cat meat. They did. Because there are a lot of roaming wild cats in the area. I don't know. Again, nondescript. I wouldn't... Listen, I also wouldn't go eat the mystery meat from the Kenyan village because, like, I I love experiencing different cultures. Mm -hmm. I also love not getting food poisoning when I'm surviving out in the middle of the African wild... And have a limited supply of water. You can't afford to have a, a big physical meltdown, especially at this point in the game. No. That's easy. Oh, we're getting rid of them. Yep. And then after they eat their french fries, well, they get french fries, they get soda, and they get beer. Oh, and corn. Corn Corn was the last thing that they offered as... The corn, corn. meal that they've been eating. Yeah. So he's like, no, 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 God, no, no, no more of that, please. No more. So they get fries, they get soda, they get beer. <laughs> Ethan's Ethan's doing his thing and we have that moment of I need to go to the bathroom. It's going right through me. And so they show him walking over to the outhouse looking thing. They they pop open the door and it's just a hole in the ground. And they don't really say anything about it. He he mentions a little bit that it, you know, it wasn't fun. He's like I wouldn't do it again, but that's what, you know, you do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. And that all. The toilet did look nightmarish. <laughs> not not fun. No, but also that's just how they live. Oh yeah, no, I I understand the but the culture shock in me would have been significant. Yeah. it's also standing and pooping, which weirds me out. Yeah. <laughs> so then they they trade they trade their hats. They trade. Uh, Ethan trades the shirt off his back, like a long sleeve Reebok mm-hmm. shirt. Yeah. Did, but that was kind of cool. Jared, we're, we're gonna have to hold for a hot second. I just got a notification on my phone. We're, we're gonna need to pause, so okay. pausing, please. <laughs> and we're back. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. We had stopped watching the Vikings game because it was a blowout, and then they won in overtime after coming back from 33 points down. 33 to 0. Oh! At halftime. Yep. I, uh, so, yeah, I feel nothing. (laughs) I feel everything because I had no stake in this game. Technically, as a Lions fan, the Vikings could have lost out, and we could have won out to win the division, but I've been telling Steven all day, like, That's not happening. Like, I didn't expect the Vikings to win this game at halftime, but I was like, you guys are going to win another game or we're going to lose another game. That's just going to happen. But like, holy shit. If I was a Colts fan, I would... I don't know what I'd do. I'd be embarrassed. Yeah, I... As I I said off mic, they should just dissolve that football team (laughs) and start a new one somewhere else. Honestly... Just dissolve Indianapolis. Yeah, just get rid of it. Just, the city's gone. I mean, get rid of, okay, while we're there, let's get rid of Indiana. We don't need it. We're not a football podcast, so I'm not going to dwell on this for too long. But we had stopped. We had watched an hour and a half more of football because we thought it was over. And uh, I am feeling good, man. Feeling real good. Wow. So anyway, we were bartering goats. Yeah, we were bartering goats. That's right. Uh, no, we we ended, we we had done the trade, they were trading the hats, and yes. then we have a great, beautiful moment of cultural exchange where Ethan's playing hacky sack with kids. Yes. This is this is the closest to white saviory it gets. Yeah. But from from our perspective it's, it feels natural and genuine. Yes. Like it didn't feel staged, and the fact that Ethan's like a pro athlete makes a lot of sense here that he'd like be good at hacky sack and be yeah. like, oh yeah, cool, let me play with you guys. Yes. This is his personal item that he brought himself. So he, he plays with the kids and then he, he does a Mean Joe Green impression at the end. And he says, hey kid, and throws the hacky sack to him. And uh, that kid will forever have a hacky sack until it's destroyed. Yeah. Cute. 12 seconds from then. 12 seconds. Th- <laughs> are not very durable. Yeah. So back at camp while this is all happening... Teresa's trying to rally the Samburu tribe. And does a pretty good job. Yeah. I can't believe they got old Samburu back together. That they were like... That they got Frank and Teresa to work with Brandon and young Kim. We're getting the band back together, Jared. It's, it's funny because it feels like the four of them sat down and were like, all right, so those other four that we had, they were the problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they were the sure. problem. Cool. And that's... I think there is some truth to that, too. Think about who we've gotten rid of. Carl... Linda. Lindsay. Lindsay. It's hard to say the things back to back. It is And Silas. Yes. That's... That's the world's worst four-square team. (laughs) But they realize, hey, it's four and five, so they need to reel one more in. Mm -hmm. So Kim, young Kim, tries to... I'm going to forever hear that in my head. Young Kim! (laughs) Young Kim tries to reel in Kelly to try to pull her over and is... Not looking very successful. No, and yeah, Kelly has a confession where she's talking about like, oh, they want me to try to vote for Lex. I'm gonna stick with my tribe and not do that. Yeah, like I don't. I have no reason to go with, with move from my tribe. I have a good thing going here. Exactly. And then the immunity challenge happens. Well, first. They get a big box of cookies from the bartering that we didn't see from the bartering, and no. I don't know why. I it might want... just been a boring interaction, sure. or they just didn't capture it. Yeah, or they didn't want to show brand logos. Mm, yeah, or that. I don't know. Anyway, immunity challenge. This is an interesting immunity challenge. They they rock up. There is a full on barrel, like you think whiskey barrel, Donkey Kong country barrel. Yeah, and Jeff. Is going to pull the lid, and it's essentially—it's uh, it's a, a twist on a me- memory game. Exactly. Yeah, it's a memory challenge again, but this—it's done much better than the Australian memory challenge. Yes, I agree. So he, what he does is he lifts up the lid, and there are nine items, and you have to go and search and find one of these nine items when he calls out a number. The idea is interesting. I think the execution is weird. Say more. They don't commit to anything. They do two rounds of the of this, and then they flip it on its head and say, "Now we have a final round." Yeah, I think it was a little too quick. I thought the final round was a little uh, just a, t- a tad too quick. Mm-hmm. I think what they should have done was keep the first two rounds the same. That was interesting, mm-hmm. and then I like switching in a new barrel, giving them less time and making it harder. Yeah, but it didn't need to be a okay, now it's winner-take-all. Yeah. It could have just been more difficult, and then you can make a winner-take-all if they get through two more rounds and nobody gets it. Let them make mistakes in a faster round. Like, you switching it up and saying, hey, here's nine more items, that's interesting enough as itself. Yeah. Why, say, do two more rounds of that, and then you're right, do a final round. But there's no need in going one, two, three, boom, we're done. That's it. Which I didn't catch what all the items are, But he says, he says you can go out and find them around. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because that means it's it's some poor intern (laughs) had to go and be like, all right, we got elephant dung here and we'll, we'll get some elephant dung over here. And okay, we got a jawbone. Let's put the jawbone in this bush. Yep. (laughs) So in our final round, we have Ethan, Lex, Brandon, was there one more? Tom. Tom. Yes. Also, side note, Tom has lost a lot of weight. Yes. I, it's, I know it's been gradual, but this episode, I really just, he was standing there, I was like, oh my god, that does not look like the same person. He, he is much smaller than he started this game. Yep. And Brandon jumps up. I mean, they go down the line with the, this is the second round where you have to get as many of them as you can with only seeing it for 15 seconds and then only getting a minute to go collect. And getting them all in the right spots. Correct. So it is more difficult, but Brandon jumps out to the early lead as they're going down the line. Brandon had six, and Tom had six, and Lex had five. I think he had six, but one was Was incorrect. Yeah, Yeah. something like that. And then Ethan comes in with eight out of the nine. Yeah. Which is impressive in one minute. Yep. Good for him. And Ethan wins again to second straight challenge. And importantly, he's humble about it in tribal council. Mm. Another reason why I think he's the overall winner. Yeah. Hashtag humble brag. Well, Jeff's the one who brings it up. Jeff's like, you've had a you've had quite a good week out here. And he's like, Yeah. Like, you're right. I'm obviously happy. <laughs> I wouldn't be sad that I won all of these things. Right, yeah. <laughs> or he says something like, Yeah, my my dance card got called. Or, or something that implies that like, yeah, it was my turn to to feel good this week, not yes, I'm awesome, and like, if that, if that it was Lex. If Lex had won both challenges, it would have been I think a little more ego, a little more arrogant and put more of a bullseye on him, whereas Ethan is gracious about it mm. and keeps that target off himself. Sure. So then we're back at camp. Lex is still nervous. Lex is still, he, he has given himself a mission. Mm-hmm. In three days, he wants to find out, find the snake and smoke them out. And that's where he wants his vote to go. And all of his research, well, first, someone overhears... Someone overhears Brandon. Yeah. And I... Okay, so they overhear Brandon talking to Teresa about somebody that's flipped, or maybe specifically that Kelly has flipped, which we haven't seen. So my question to you, Steven, is do you think that they did that on purpose in front of Lex? Yes. Yes. I also think I do, but I think had they said that, I think it would be a little less, I, I might be a little like, okay, they're trying to play it in the word they said with free agent. Yes. Yeah. Which does imply a little bit more of, all right, they're bidding for my vote. Yeah. I, if this was intentional, which I'm on the same page as I think it was, this is such a cool move to go after somebody's paranoia like this and let them overhear you. I can't imagine it was Brandon though. No, I, they said they said it was Brandon. Okay. I I don't remember, but what happened at the end of this episode makes me go, was that Brandon? Well, I in response to that is where I think Lex then approaches. We don't get to see it for mm-hmm. some reason, but where I think that Lex approaches Brandon and goes, "You're right. Hey, come we need another vote now because Kelly's the snake that I sure. need to smoke out. Come with us." Yeah. So, Lex flips it and goes full on in on Kelly and it, like asks her straight up like dude was it you and Kelly obviously because it wasn't yeah it's like no it wasn't me like I'm trying to tell you the truth here but you're not gonna believe me are you and so she flips until so she flips she reads it correctly and she's yep. like the writings on the wall I need to flip or I'm out yeah and Lex this is why I call his this ep- him this episode like macbethian because he continues unraveling mm-hmm. he continues to be mad with power and it doesn't get better through the episode and from what we see in the in the preview of next episode it's not sated mm-hmm. like his lust for blood is not sated never i also will say last episode i talked about like kelly and lex going on a collision course did not expect it to be this soon yeah i <laughs> You're on the ball here. You're, you're throwing out good storylines that are popping up real quick. Well, there's also something... So let's talk about Tribal Council real quick before okay. I talk about this. Yeah. Uh, first, before we get to Tribal Council, this is the, the spotlight that Brandon has been waiting for. He's in the power position. He has a, a, a choice to make and can go either way. And this is... I like Brandon. Uh-huh. And I... At first... Okay. I've talked a little bit this season about how I thought that Brandon... I think even as recently as the last episode... That... Brandon feels like wasted potential because of the circumstances around him. Now it feels like Brandon lacks some type of killer instinct or something. Because mm-hmm. he said, you're right, he's in the power position. But in his confessional, he says, I didn't mean to be in the power position. And I kind of don't want to be. Yeah. And along with how the tribal council shakes out, it makes me feel like he lacks that that like that the edge the it factor whatever it is to get himself to be this really really good survivor player that he is on the cusp of being so yeah we get to tribal and we we do we talk to ethan a little bit about his his successes his reward we talk about the reward he's like the reward was a 10 out of 10 i had a great time and then the drama ensues I wish I had better notes, but I just said the drama. I mean, Jeff was just kind of asking the questions that pop out through the episode. Asks Kelly, I think about alliances. Asks Lex about getting a vote on him. We didn't learn anything new over the course of that. Sure. Those conversations. Okay. Anything else you want to pull out from that tribal before I go on to the vote? No. So they show the votes. They show Kelly's and then they show Brandon's. Yeah. Which is very strange. I don't know why you show the swing vote. I don't know. From I, a, the only thing I get When that happened, Party was like, did did they flip somebody else? Yeah. Like, when that happened, I was 99% sure Lex was going home, because why would they ever show the swing vote? Uh-huh. But they just did. From your average watcher, I think you're just like, oh, you gave it away. Yeah. For... That only works for the people who have watched tirelessly Survivor, and you're like... Or okay, know the tropes. And yeah. at this point in Survivor's history, the tropes haven't been established. Yeah. Only we would do mental gymnastics saying, wait, no, what? <laughs> it's very weird. It's very strange. And I even knew how this shut down, and I, I'm i still like, "That's why would they do that? That doesn't make sense. So yes... Kelly is voted out on a 4-3 to three line. This was fucking stupid. And this is also part of the reason why I say that Brandon lacks that killer instinct. Mm-hmm. He talks about... When he talks about this side, the decision he goes with, when early in the episode he talks about the pros of going with this decision, he's like... He, he talks about Lex being like, you'll replace Kelly yeah. as our fifth member. That means you're on the bottom. You've now given up the chance to be in the power position of the other five Mm -hmm. that do not have a clear defined leader and look to you to go to the other Alliance that you will now be the outcast of, assuming that they even keep their word. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess at this point, not a lot of people have broken their word. And I guess you can trust that Lex doesn't keep his word about you being in the final five because of the way that he is unhinged going after people for breaking their word. And you know that you'll be on the jury, so if he does fuck you over, eh? But it—it's you had a chance to propel yourself to be in the power seat, and instead you are settling for fifth place. Yeah, and not to say that that can't change. I I'm not going to say that he's going to come in fifth, but you are now—you—you you were projected to be in the top three, and instead you took a projected fifth. What's wild is that of the votes that I like this whole time, I'm like, okay, this move makes sense. This move makes sense. We don't see the reconciliation of Frank into Simburu. True. So I think that's the vote that surprises me most in why do they pull in Brandon? Why not Frank? It sounds like it was originally... No, Frank votes for... uh... Frank voted for Lex. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you not mean, Kevin. why didn't Lex pull in Frank? Correct. I don't know if he knew he had lost Frank. I Clearly they did, because they had a... If the, he's scrambling to oh, make the move, final four this, or five. Yeah, the final five would be Lex, Ethan, Tom. That's why I'm like, there's so much that we're not seeing here. Yeah. I'm confused. They kept this episode very succinct, so that we could see... The two power people in this case, Mm -hmm. Lex and Kelly, going after each other. But you're right. There's other pieces of this puzzle that don't make sense. Like, they, they show young Kim and Teresa kind of pulling the strings to make it work. Yeah. We don't see anything from Frank. Hmm. I mean, maybe Frank has just hitched his lot to Teresa and goes wherever she goes. That might make sense. He's like, you're my you're the one person I trust, so I will go with you wherever you go. This is also stupid from Brandon for another reason. Go on. Let's. In some hypothetical world where Brandon makes it to the final two, mm-hmm. you've now burned your vote with young Kim, Teresa, probably Frank. Yeah. And Kelly. You've yeah. now burned, so you need to get you need to get five votes to win, right? So we nine people on the jury? Four votes. You need four votes to win. Yeah. And you've just burned four votes. Yeah. How do you you <laughs> have now just settled yourself for to lose the game. Yeah. To stay in it another week, which you would have anyway. And this isn't a modern season where they people respect big moves. There there's no respect. There's just no. like we we like you or we don't. Something else that I thought was really ironic with this move is the episode earlier in the season. I would never do it to you. Mm-hmm. Brandon does it to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd love that. <laughs> I hate the move. It, I'm very disappointed. I think this would be a more interesting season forward if Brandon pulls that move. Yeah. So, Kelly's out. How do you think Kelly does in a future Survivor season? I think she would do a lot better than this season. I agree. Yeah. I think she's a top four. Mm. Well, that's unfortunate because we will not be seeing Kelly. Yeah. I like her, too. She's one of my... My favorites on this season so far are... Ethan's kind of like the golden boy archetype. So I don't, like, love him, but I recognize he's a very, very good player. Mm. And he's a really... It seems like a really good guy. I liked Brandon a lot. I still do. He's a little messy, but I, and I... I just want him to be better. Sure. Kelly. I used to like Lex. I don't really like Lex that much anymore since he's gone on his ego trip. So, like, Kelly and... Actually, this episode, Young Kim. Kelly and Young Kim are becoming my two favorite contestants on this season. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Kelly, like I said, does not come back to Survivor, but does do a little bit of casting for Survivor. Cast Survivor of Vanuatu, which is kind of fun. Hmm. But also, and I feel like we talked about earlier that she was maybe a swing for a, a spot in a later season. Maybe, maybe. She, maybe she was the swing for All Stars that got pulled for someone else. Mm, I think, I, yeah. I feel like we talked about someone who was a swing. I'm, yeah. That's research that I'm, I'm not going to do on the fly. Anyway, she goes on to uh, get her PhD in marketing hmm. and is the associate professor of marketing at Vanderbilt. Cool. So she's doing really well. Yeah, that's she's a good school. Killing it. Uh, was at Northwestern for oh, a while. Oh, yeah, okay, wow. Right uh, in an, our backyard. An associate professor at Northwestern. So yeah, I'm hmm. killing it. I have the... Quarantine questionnaire, as we so love to bring up here. Yes. Did the other people on this season not fill out the quarantine questionnaire? It's it's pretty hit or miss. I don't okay. know why some people... Maybe they just couldn't get in line. contact with some people? Sure. Uh, wh- what is your biggest regret from the Survivor experience? I don't have too many regrets. That's the good thing about going on a reality show when you're young. Two decades later, even the silly things that I did and said, I e.g. my final Tribal Council speech, seem kind of quaint. Oh, I'm excited to see what her final Tribal Council speech is, then. We, we did, didn't we? Oh, I thought she was in- implying, like, her speech oh, to the, final the jury. I see what you mean. I think you're right. Yep. My bad. You're right. Yeah. So, maybe there's some some hot goss coming in that final Tribal Council. Should be fun. That makes me... Oh, that's unfortunate, because that makes me feel like Lex makes it farther than I think. Because Ooh. that's the person she would... Either him or Brandon are the only two people I could think that she would tell off. But... I could be wrong. You're going to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> and like, some of the more standard questions. How do you feel about your edit on the show? Honestly, felt fine about the edit. I did what I did, and I said what I said. If anyone has an issue with it, I was young. Yeah, I don't really think... I don't know what her percep- the perce- perception of her was at the time, but she didn't do anything on the show that would make me think that it would be a bad perception. I mean, no. she wasn't even the one who voted for Lex. Yeah. Yeah. She- That's what hurts, too, is that there's gonna be, like, she didn't do anything wrong. Do you, when do you think Teresa tells them? Well, I know the answer to that, so I'm not going to say anything. Oh, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Um, She's still good friends with Kim, Young Kim. We're roommates after the show, so it was cool, like, having a big sister that I never had. I like that. That's cute. I would have expected her to be older than Young Kim, but okay but does not watch the show anymore Stopped watching after season nine (laughs) wow okay where where she worked in casting oh wow okay that's odd (laughs) that's funny so fun little note here the person who i think she probably had the biggest hand in casting was the first person voted off on that season So I think that was her moment where she's like, maybe I'm out. Maybe I'm done with this. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, especially if she is the person that they pulled for being, like was a swing that they pulled Mm -hmm. and then asked her to be in casting. And then the person she cast was the first person voted off. Mm -hmm. I'd be a little bitter too, I suppose. (laughs) And then would you ever play again? If the stars align schedule wise, then maybe but I'd have to look into how much the first person voted off gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> All the seasons have so much swimming now, they'd probably have to send some producer in to save me from drowning. That said, Hilarious. for the right price, I'm not afraid to take that chance. She's so funny and likable. She oh. is funny. So yeah, Kelly, Kelly no more. She's what I hoped Elizabeth would be in the Where Are They Now. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your protagonist of the episode? And why is it Lex? Lex. It's actually not Lex. Ooh, go on. Yeah, I mean, Lex feels like the antagonist. He's not the story we're following. He's the guy to be beaten this episode. He's the villain. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, he and and to provide evidence for that, I mean, he is antagonizing most people in the cast. <laughs> I mean, my my protagonist actually ends up being Brandon. Ooh, okay. Yeah, because he's the one stuck that has the defining actions of this episode. He's stuck between Kelly and Lex and we don't see as much of him as I would like. And I think that's a poor choice by the editors just because we, he's the one that is the linchpin decision. Sure. But being the one who I'm pretty confident Lex overhears and he, in my interpretation, wants Lex to overhear him calling Kelly a free agent and then to swap sides. It's, I don't consider it the right move, but it is the most action of the episode. Mm, okay. Or the most impactful thing that happens. All right. Any any final notes? No, this episode was really good. It was a good episode. I, I truly enjoyed it. It's a nice a nice uh, point in the season, too. Is there anybody that you think can't win at this point? Like, I know you know who wins and all of that, but that doesn't have a path. Because for me, it's Brandon. I don't think Brandon can win. Mm-hmm. I don't see how Tom wins. Okay. And I think that's it. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm not talking about, like, a path, but, like, if they sat down at final tribal, Mm -hmm. would they have an argument for themselves? I think... Brandon, for sure, I don't think there's a path. He just burned way too many bridges. Yeah. Tom, I think, is more likable than maybe... We give him credit for... no, no. no. I don't think it's a likable factor. He's just... He's kind of a goat to me. Like, he hasn't done anything in the game, and I can't imagine him giving good speeches or arguments at Final Tribal Council. He'd just be like, I'm Tom, and that's what you get. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, I I see that. No, I think everybody else, though, has has a valid argument. Maybe Frank. Yeah, I think Frank has a good underdog story if he somehow got there. That's fair. And he hasn't pissed anyone off. Anyone that's still there? Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. Then let us end the episode with a bumper. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I'm I'm still jazzed. That, that mm, a Vikings win, man. It feels good. I, I want to go and look up the headlines and all of the internet postings because it's going to be... Like, how the hell do you blow this? Yeah, I mean, the story's not about the Vikings. It's about, it's about the Colts. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, do you, what do you? How are you feeling about this next week? We have the holidays coming up this weekend, both Hanukkah and Christmas. Yes. I mean, I don't observe Hanukkah, but your partner does, so yeah. that you have a lot going on this week. Yes. No, it, it's good. I get to relax a little more this week nice. and catch back up with life. Nice. I do not. It's going to be a busy week, and we'll see. We'll see how all the travel and everything gets me. Anything you want to plug? I want to plug getting your hopes up. <laughs> they, they make me... Uh, the Vikings, they, they make me live another day until they eventually crush me. Yeah. It's going to happen, but eventually... But not now. Yeah, the way the Vikings are winning is very unsustainable. I It's valid. I would like to plug removing Indiana. <laughs> if you live in Indiana, stop. Go anywhere else. What if we just rename it? No. East Dakota. We don't need more Dakotas. <laughs> Why not? We could combine <laughs> the Dakotas into one big Dakota. And... Fine, they only get two senators that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Indiana can be... West Ohio. I mean. Although that essentially destroys Ohio's idea of a uh, purple state. It's been destroyed, Stephen. That's fair. And <laughs> outside of politics, they're both those states are cesspools. <laughs> I got nothing. Cool. Remove it. <laughs> also like hire coaches with head with head coaching experience. Or any coaching experience. To where's, be the, your head coach. where's the fun in that? It then we wouldn't have the greatest comeback in NFL history. <laughs> For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. School Vikings. Fucking incompetence, man. (laughs) Bye-bye. Woo! Look, I'm not even mad you guys won. I'm just disappointed that that game exists in the way it exists.